Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 199, How to Use Feng Shui to Change Your Life with Kate McKinnon. So Kate is someone I greatly admire, and today we're talking all about feng shui and how you can use it to clear the energy in your life, how to create change, how to create more happiness and more success. And truth be told, I knew very little about feng shui before this conversation, and now I'm a true believer, and I want to have Kate come into our house right now, our new house that's being built, and make sure that everything is in alignment, because the way that she describes this is it's just so powerful and life-changing. So today we're talking about the basics of feng shui, as well as some simple tips that you can apply to your own life since we're getting into spring at the time we're recording this that will make a huge difference. She's also sharing some really amazing client success stories of how one client used feng shui to basically sell a script to Hallmark, how other clients have used this to get pregnant, to create more wealth, to create more success. So there's a lot of really juicy content here that I know is going to convert you into a true believer of feng shui as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team, processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iheartmylifebooking.com and learn more about the I Heart My Life Mastermind. So welcome to the show, Kate. I'm excited to have you here and talk more about your incredible work and your story. I am so happy to be here, Emily. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Love it. So why don't you take us back? We always say that there's a story behind the success. Take us back to where it all began. All right. Yeah, way back. <laughs> um, I, I believe there's always a story too. Uh, so yeah, I, in thinking about it, I think really goes all the way back to when I was very young and I was um, one of, uh, I had three older brothers. Um, My mother actually passed away when I was four. My mom, my dad remarried and the younger sister and brother, but I was always the, um, the responsible one. There were two parts. So I was always very responsible. I was already a good kid. I did well in school. Um, I helped out. And with my brothers, I learned early on that I needed to have a voice. I needed to step up. My dad was a doctor, so he would hold court. And so I had to learn as a woman and as a young girl how to get my voice out there and how to speak up and, and really kind of assert myself. But it also gave me uh, a certain amount of competitiveness because in order to be with my brothers, I always had to be as good, if not better. So there was, so there was that sort of going on. And I also say that 
you know, I grew up in the age of the 60s and 70s. So the feminist movement was going on. And so I was actually very influenced by that. So early on, um, I tell this one story because it really kind of places it for me. When I was in um, high school, uh, and there were a lot of things like what girls could and could not do. And I would always question them, even with my mother and, you know, my brothers. Um, but I remember wanting to take physics and um, my guidance counselor said, girls don't take physics. And I said, why not? Is it written somewhere? And she said, no, she's girls take chemistry and boys take physics. And I said, well, I'm not good at memorizing. I'm not really interested in learning chemistry. I'm interested in physics. And so I ended up taking physics just because I asked. And so my lab partner, Patty, we were the only two girls in the physics class. And we, of course, aced it. And I, I, you know, I sort of tell that story because I, that was, that was kind of how I lived my life. I was never really overly aggressive, but I would just sort of ask and say, why not? It didn't make sense to me. And that's kind of how I am. And so, so early on, I was, I, um, it took care of my family a lot. I was very responsible. And um, when I went away to school, I went to a progressive women's school where there was a lot about leadership. And so I was always drawn to these things for women, women leadership. Um, and I was also always an artist. I didn't mean, I meant to say that because that was an important piece. Those, those couple pieces where I was an artist, I wanted to go to art school. My parents said, no, I needed to get a liberal arts education. And so I did. And I took art on the side and I became a psych psychology major. And when I graduated college, I thought I was going to be a therapist or a dean of a college. And my very, very first job was, it, it, it was pivotal in my story. These all things kind of came together where uh, I worked at Barnard College and I was thinking, oh, I'll be able to go to teacher's college and get a higher administration, you know, education, graduate school. And they, it was the first year that they were quote unquote, automating the admission process. And they bought in this like big console with a little monitor and they put it in the back. And at that point I was a receptionist and they took me off the back and they said, we want you to do this, um, do this. And I had never done anything like this in my life. I no computers, no technology, nothing. And I discovered on that word processor that everything I ever learned about technology, I learned on that word processor. And I learned it myself. I did it. We had a successful year. And what got touched to me was in New York City, I also discovered a thing called commercial art, graphics art. And I decided to leave that job at Barnard and freelance as a graphic artist and a word processing operator. So I would support myself by doing the word processing. And I would, I, I learned graphic arts and I became a graphic artist and I loved it. I loved it. I, I thought of myself as a consultant and I, I, here I was a temp and I'd show up and I'd be like, how can I serve you? How can I be of value <laughs> to people? They're thinking they're just going to put me in a desk and I'm going to do the work. And I ended up working for this woman who became my mentor. And this is another piece, important piece of my story. I found people along the way to really support and mentor me. And she, I worked for this large company. Uh, it's called Schlumberger. It's an oil field services company in New York City and in the legal department. And she recognized my talent and she hired me as a temp and she kept 
me going. She supported my doing part-time graphics, part-time work there to the point where the job grew to where they wanted to create a full-time job. So basically my work created a full-time job. And then she said, you have to make a decision between doing this or your graphics. And I would say I'm the age of Stephen Jobs and uh, Bill Gates. So as their careers went, so my, my career in technology, and it just like went, whew, um, took off. And again, this was no sense that I had. I had math aptitude. I had science. This whole thing about STEM, I didn't know anything about that. I just kept following what was calling me, what was next, what was next. So um, that, that led eventually, my boss said, you're really great. There's no room for you to grow here. I'm going to basically after seven years, she said, you need to go find a job in a bank. They hire people like you. And so I ended up uh, getting hired by J.P. Morgan Chase. Now, none of this was on my horizon at all. <laughs> none of it. And so I worked at J.P. Morgan Chase in technology. Um, but there was always this part that I wasn't doing my art. And so I continued to do art on the side. And so I was doing the technology and art on the side. And long story short, I had a great career at J.P. Morgan Chase, both as uh, I started as an employee and then I started my own management technology company and they kept hiring me back. And at a certain point, I went on a business trip to Hong Kong and I was searching. I was working with a coach and I was searching for what was my purpose. Like this was all great, great career made a lot of money, traveled all over the world. It was great, but I felt like that spiritual, artistic part of me was missing something. And I went on a, I, I was working with this coach and she asked me what I thought about at night when I went to sleep at seven. And I said, rearranging people's homes and buying furniture for my best friend's dollhouse. To which she replied, have you ever heard of feng shui? And I had not. And so she said, well, when you go to Hong Kong on your business trip, why don't you take a bus tour? So I did. And I saw, this, I saw the home of Hong Kong through the eyes of feng shui, and it just called to me. And that was the beginning of this learning. I studied with a um, feng shui master, his holiness grandmaster, Professor Lin Yun, and started to have this dual career, right? It's like my life of this duality between the artists and the system. So I had my job at Chase and I continued, I, I learned, you know, I became trained as a, a certified feng shui practitioner. And I did both of those until three years ago, I decided it was time to go full time because honestly, it was my calling and I thought I'm not getting any younger and I want to go do this thing and do it fully. So that's the long story of my career to where I am today now with a, a full-time online feng shui business. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Such an incredible story. And I want to pull out a few different pieces there. So I love how, you know, throughout the whole journey, you push the boundaries and you ask the questions and you kind of paved your own way. And you did that through following your instincts. Like there was no one saying to you, oh, you need to pursue physics. You just thought, okay, this interests me more than chemistry. So I'm going to ask the question. And I think that's so important to all of us as a reminder of, you know, how instinctual 
um, we are and how that can actually lead us in the direction we're meant to go. And then further down the path, you had another instinct around, you know, maybe there's something more for me. What is my purpose? And can you talk a little bit about that piece in particular? Was there some sort of emotion or was it just a little whisper? Like what was coming up for you that gave you an indication that there was something more? Wow, such a great question. Um, I I would say uh, there were a couple things. I remember like when I was turning 40, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, age as well, because I think it's an important part of my story, is that at 40, when I started a consulting company, actually 38, and I remember my job had been downsized at that point at Chase. And I remember saying, here's an opportunity to go do something I wanted to do. And then if it doesn't work out, I could always come back. I was young enough that I could always come back and have a full-time job. And so when I did that, I remember on my 40th birthday, this is going to sound a little out there, but on my 40th birthday, um, I had a, it was a big deal turning 40 for some reason for me, but it was turning 40 was a big deal. And I had an astrological reading and I was told that I was here for a purpose and that I had I have the capacity to communicate something that most people may not be able to articulate. And she said to me, don't worry, you will know what it is. she said. You don't work hard. Don't go looking for it. She said, you're meant to you are here to communicate. Now, I've been told this since, but she was the first one where she said, you have a message. You have something to communicate. And I was like, wow, okay, I don't know what it is. But there was a part of me that was paying attention. And then, you know, I, I, I uh, as you know, but I did a I did a, a TED talk about women aging and visibility. And in my 40s, I was I had an amazing career. I, I mean, I was, as I said, I was traveling. We've, I've heard you talk about this. I was traveling business class, first class. I was meeting amazing people. I was friends with somebody who was in the movies. And I went and saw this movie from Warner Brothers shot, you know, out in the Arizona desert. I mean, people be like, why are you working at Chase when you could be doing that? I said, well, that's fake life, right? Like that was fun. But, you know, and I met all these really interesting people, but I could feel that it was like a shift going on. And it, so there was this part of me what is my purpose? And as I got towards my 50s, I was beginning to feel like things were changing a little bit for me. And it was somewhere in there where I was, this is where I was searching. I want to say I was probably, you know, in my mid 40s where this thing about the it, it actually was probably, it, it was almost 50, this thing about feng shui came up. And so, I just knew I was destined, if you will. It sounds, I don't know whether it sounds arrogant. It just kind of on some level, I knew I was destined for something more. And all this other stuff was great. It was a great life. It's kind of life people dream of having and I was having it, but there was still something missing for me. And I would say that what I've come to know is I'm deeply, deeply aligned with my soul. And my soul was the thing that was guiding me. My soul has been the thing. And a lot of my work in feng shui is becoming aligned with my soul. The work with people I work with is becoming aligned with who they really are. And I think as I stripped away all the layers and the layers of success, who I was at the core was this very spiritual, soulful person trying to find what I was here to do. So, if that makes sense, that was the thing that had me really looking 
all along. Because in the end, when I decided to leave Chase, I could have stayed a little longer. I could have made a little more money, but it felt like it was enough that my soul was saying, you're done. You need to go do this other thing. Like my soul really was like, it felt like I had bottomed out in a weird way. My soul was like, you're done with this other life. It's great. It feels glamorous. It feels this, that. You're done. And so I think it was a, I would say it's a soul thing. It certainly was for me. Yeah. Well, I think most people resonate with that. I know for me, you know, when I went through my quarter life crisis, there was a period of time where I had no idea what I wanted to do. But like you said, there was this feeling of being meant for more or something bigger. And, you know, it might sound arrogant, but I really think it's just, you know, it's your soul calling you to another level or to a different path. And our job is to trust that and to lean in and to follow and, and to ask the questions, just like that person asked you, what would you be doing? And you had a little spark around feng shui and the work that you were doing with your, um, with your friend and the dollhouse. <laughs> and those things are the things that we're meant to be following. Like the thing that lights us up, the thing that we're thinking about when we're falling asleep, the thing that we can't not do. And I feel like that was always art for you as well. Like it was always there along the journey in the sidecar, so to speak. And then, you know, there was a point in time where you decided I'm going to go all in and now it's time for that to be, um, you know, part of the, the bigger picture for me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. So tell people listening a little bit more about what feng shui actually is, because I know there's a lot of people who might have heard it in passing, but don't really understand what actually is going on there. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I know. I, I did a talk on, on feng shui. It's called Our Home is a Map of Who We Are. And I talk about this because um, I say a lot of people have heard of feng shui, but they don't really know what it is, or they, they hear, you know, it's placement of bed or which direction you should be facing in, but what is feng shui? And so, um, you know, on a, on a very fundamental level, feng shui is the art and science of placement um, based on uh, harmony, balance, and flow of positive energy in your home or in your space, and that it's been around for thousands of years. It's, it actually literally means wind, water. And if you think about it, the two most basic elements of life. So it's wind, water, which represents flow balance and what we call life force or chi energy. So when we talk about energy, we're talking about the physical uh, energy in our space, in our, in our environment, and how important that is to our, our well-being. And when it was first used it's been around for thousands of years. It was used to place um, place homes and the first homes and farms to select land that was abundant in land, water, light, food, and all the things to sustain and support life, um, and including pr providing protection and safety. So there's this really practical level of feng shui when we're doing it. But um, I would say on a practical level, that's what it is placement, but on a much deeper level, um, our homes actually uh, reflect the, the choices we make. So our homes are a map of who we are. So the choices we make in our external environment actually are reflecting what's going on internally. So when I'm working with people in feng shui and I'm adjusting their external environment, it's adjusting their internal environment, which I, why I call feng shui acupuncture of the soul, because very often people, they're in a space and they say, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel comfortable. There's something off. There usually is, but it's usually a reflection of what's going on with them. And so there's this great inner outer work that we do. So 
on a very practical level. I work with people in their space and I adjust their space and we see where it's blocked and I find out what it is they want. And then I take all that information together and I'm able to provide them. We use a Bagua called a, it's a compass called a Bagua that provides a map of their space to say, this is what we need to do with your home. And these things will support you where you are today and where you want to go. And it's, it's powerful because I always say it's who you are in your space. So it's not just the space, who you are in your space and adjusting that to support who you are and what you want in your life. So that, wow. that uh, sort of macro level is feng shui. And I'm curious to know how exactly you work with people. So you're going into homes um, and you're actually like, like, what does the process actually look like? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to finish one of the other thing that's really important in this sort of balance and flow is what we're ultimately creating in our environment. We're reducing stress and we're creating peace. So it's a lot about creating peace. And so um, when I work with people, you know, I always say people call me for all kinds of reasons. They say, you know, they say, like, I don't know what it is. Uh, something doesn't feel right. You know, they've worked with a decorator. It looks beautiful, but it feels uncomfortable. They get something stuck or they call me and they say, you know, I want more money or I want to break through my career. Or, I want to get married. Right. But, the, but the, it all sort of points to the same thing. There's something out of balance in their environment. So when I work with them, uh, when I, I actually listen to what they say, and I have a way of, um, I have a whole process of how I gather information. I ask what sound like very practical questions, and I find out a lot about them in their different areas of life, find out what they're looking for. Uh, I get a floor plan if I can, and I use all this information. This is where my technology comes in. I feel like yeah. a big computer. I'm like gathering all this information about them, and I, and I also am very intuitive, so I'm also reading stuff, and so in in the pandemic i did i have been doing except for one person remote entirely and i've and and i i even have a client right now in dubai so i, I can do it globally which is kind of amazing but ideally i like to work with people in their space and so um I will, uh, people will have me come to their home and I already have a plan. I put together the beginning of a plan of what they can actually do. But then we walk around the space. We look at things. I ask a lot of questions and that's the analysis phase. And then I start making recommendations, which I call the design phase. And it can include just a lot of times it's just taking what they already have. It's like repurposing and saying, you just need to arrange what you already have. But sometimes it's like, People want to bring something in new or there's something that's really blocking their energy that they really need to eliminate. So I assess all that, make the recommendations. And my experience, it can go all the way from, you know, we have somebody that you and I both know where I was in her home. I was arranging her her office and her husband was at like a Starbucks working. And we were talking about how they were going to work together and their their workspace. And she said, well, he likes to work out of the office. I like the office, but we arranged it so we, they could both work there. And we literally walked out. Now, this is fast, right? We literally walked out. Her husband calls and says, is Kate still there? She goes, yeah. He goes, he'd been trying to sell a script to Hallmark for a year, literally while we were in the office doing that work, shifting the energy he heard from Hallmark and he sold that script. And that's why I do what I do. I mean, people have these amazing wow. experiences and sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower, 
but it's always transformational. I help people, I've helped people get pregnant, by the way. I've helped people decide where, you know, they've had a change of life. Uh, somebody who was a widow didn't know where their cellar house and, and moved to Florida, for instance. And I come in and by arranging all of that, things become clear. They, and that, that's why I say the alignment is so important. They become aligned with who they really are. I say they, they, we provide the compass to find their true north and they, it's like a homecoming. They come home to themselves in a way. And you really, I can see it happen, by the way. I can see when they just drop into their body, when they have that aha, I get chills just talking about, have that aha moment. So I, I essentially feel like I am a channel. I'm taking all this information and I'm, I'm not like a decorator. I can decorate, by the way, but that's not really my role because I, I could tell them what to do. But I usually, they already have what they want or need. And, and very often they have the furniture that they love. It's not about decorating for me. It's about arranging in a way that reflects who they are. So I say, ultimately, you almost look like your home should look like you and you, you look like your home. Like there's a match. Like you can just tell this person lives in this space. This is their home. That's so amazing. And can you kind of break this down even more? So in the instance of the person who sold the script to Hallmark, what had you done during the day that you feel was a catalyst to that development? Well, in working in the workspace um, and talking about how how to use it in a way that would support them and what they wanted and he in his in knowing that he wasn't necessarily a sit at the desk kind of guy and this has been kind of interesting for me too in the pandemic it's like people working from home not everybody wants to sit at a desk and so we created in working there to say um you know, my client definitely sits at a desk and that's that's where she runs her business, but he doesn't necessarily sit at a desk. So I created a space where he could be in that office. He could work at it if he wanted to, but he didn't have to. And that, that to me was creating space for him to allow the way he worked and allow the way she worked in the same office. So he had a place to sit if he wanted. He had a place to work, but he also had a place to go to because he liked being in all the noise and everything like that. Like I I love it too, but that has a special place. And then it's like having a place he could come home to. And there was something in that that again supported him and her. And they were both satisfied, even though he wasn't physically there. We what I got was we we tuned into what was right for him. So I was supporting both of them and it created this nice harmony, if you will, for them to have what they both have, both want in the same space. And that again is the kind of work that feng shui can do. Oh, that's amazing. So I feel like it sounds like you helped them be honest about what it was that they actually want. And then there was like a level of giving themselves permission to have that and not make anything wrong and really recognize that they both work in a different way and have a level of acceptance there so that there's more flow. I love it. You said it. All those words I said, that's beautifully seen and beautifully said. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. 
Cause I think it's so interesting. Cause we, James and I have worked with relationship coaches. We've never worked with somebody like yourself, but it's very similar because when she worked with us, yes, there was uh, an element of working with us as a couple, but there was also a lot of individual attention on what our actual truth was. And when you give yourselves that permission and that there's that acceptance there, it is a game changer. And so I really love that you also apply that to the space and it has a very similar effect, which is super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I always say, um, you know, when people work with energy, you know, there's a lot of different modalities and, and mine is through the space, but it's, you know, with that, the ability to get to the same kind of things. Cause I've worked with couples and I've worked with families. I have like amazing stories of aligning the energy in the family, which it it's, it, it, and that's really what it is. It's a, it's allowing everybody to be who they are in that space together. And that um, out of that, these, what to me are holistic choices are made, right? It's about the individual, but allows for this sort of bigger thing to happen and not be stuck in that place that you were talking about, which I know well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, selfishly, I have another question for you. So whenever we go to hotels, probably nine times out of 10, I end up requesting to change rooms because I have a feeling that it's not the right room and that the space, it just feels something feels off. So do your clients experience that? Is that like a real thing or am I just crazy? No, you're not crazy at all. And I, you know, and I can talk a little bit about that. I have some great stories with that. But yeah, I I always say to people, you know, when I work with people and if they're traveling, there are things that you can do. Like you, you, you are you are highly tuned, so you tune into it. And um sometimes I've had that experience where I've had to move that's not the right room. Most of the time we're fine, but I also have recommendations for people when they're traveling, things you can do to make the space feel like home and the things that you can bring with you that you can adjust some of the energy, which which I have done. And I've also been, um, I'm going to tell you a quick funny story. I rented an Airbnb in Spain for the summer and um, it was the first year after I retired from my job and started doing feng shui and it just needed to be adjusted. And, um, and the owner's sister-in-law came to visit at one point and she walked in and I said, Oh, I'm, I'm going to change everything back. Cause I, I'm notorious for doing this. You know, I've, I've been in other Airbnb and I'll rearrange everything and then put it back. I have to remember how it is. And she said, don't, touch a thing. She was very British. She goes, I love it. Don't touch a thing. It was so funny. She's like, I never seen it look so good. It was, it was sort of very, very funny, but yeah, I, I'm notorious for doing that. And I think you're absolutely right on. You just get it. Like it could be the temperature. It could be the smell. It could be, uh, you know, I rearranged the chairs according to feng shui in a way that I feel empowered. I feel comfortable. I feel safe. Um, uh, so yes, you're, you're right on. You're very tuned you in. Can, you can recommend that we bring to a hotel. Like you said, there's ways that we can yeah. bring something. Yes. So I always say, and I, and I also, I traveled, uh, I was a three, uh, this is a pre pandemic last January. I was in India. And when I travel, I always bring some things. Um, I have, 
uh, we could get into a whole thing on this. Like I have like certain stones that I like that are for love, or I have certain stones that are for wealth and prosperity. I also have a couple of uh, stones for uh, cleaning energy and um, empowerment. So I travel with my stones. Um, I also have, uh, I travel with essential oils. So sometimes I need to clear the air. I don't use incense or anything like that, but I clear the air. And that I have um, just things that I love. Like they don't have to be big, but they're like, they just make me feel good. I have, you know, I may have like my favorite wrap, right? Like my favorite um, uh, shawl or something like that. Um, and that when I arrange the space, if it feels cluttered, I arrange the space so it feels uncluttered. I sometimes bring a little candle with me again, does have the scent is really important. Um, but the, it's little things like that that make us feel at home, but that yeah. are the, that empower us in some way so that we feel good about where we are. Um, yeah. That's just an example of some of the things that I bring. And my favorite books, like I always have like a favorite book. I always have a journal. I always have those things that nurture me. That's really mm -hmm. important too. I'm always writing something related to meditation. So I feel comfortable when I'm meditating. So, so they don't have to be big, but they're the yeah. things that really support me. Amazing. And I know you wanted to share, since we're getting into springtime at the time we're recording this, that there are a few things people can do to kind of transform their space or ready it for spring. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, um, you know, we think about spring cleaning, uh, the beautiful air. I'm sitting here, I can just see the beautiful green and the air feels really good. So, feng shui is all about bringing in into our homes uh, the, the entrance of our home or our space, if it could be an apartment is really important about energy entering our space and, and being able to circulate. So I, the first thing when we're doing some spring cleaning is really make sure, you know, you, your door, the area around your door is clear. There's no clutter because I always say, uh, we call it the mouth of chi. How energy enters your mouth is like how energy enters your doorway. So if there's stuff locked in our in your mouth, you're you're going to stop air from coming in, and you can be choking. You know, uh, have problems. And so the same way, we want to make sure our entrance is very clear, and that the entrance is very inviting. You want good energy to come in. And so we always talk about, there's the three pillars. It's the entrance, there's the bedroom, and there's the kitchen we always talk about. So the other thing when you're spring cleaning is to really like, I think do a thorough cleaning, but bring some of that live energy and bring some plants into your house if you don't have them. You know, uh, again, I like essential oils. I, when I clean, I make sure that I clear the energy with oils and uh, clear the energy. Uh, this feels really good. Um, and uh, things like, I like using scents like candles, like make your home feel warm, inviting, and clean. And so these are some of the things that we can do, just simple tips right, right from the, the get-go. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like a lot of people do some of this naturally with, you know, feeling drawn to certain scents or wanting to have flowers on a regular basis in their home. And for me, I know a lot of people stop themselves because they feel like even small things can be a luxury or flowers are going to die. It doesn't really matter. And I love everything you're saying. And I feel like it just speaks to me because it's all about also following your instincts and what feels good for you, which is such an important point. Absolutely. And I, I'm just going to add to that because very often when I'm working with people and I say to do something, they say, 
they'll say things like, oh, I had it there, but I changed it. Mm -hmm. Or I knew it, but I didn't change it. And I always say that on some level, on a deep level, they already know. And I'm just affirming and giving them permission. They just, they just don't know what to do with that. And so I agree with you. I think it's really important to follow what feels right for you. And when I'm working with people, I give guidelines, but I don't, I don't always say do this exact thing and it has to look this way because I really believe people know. And so it's creating the space, like you're saying, to, to do that because it feels good. Yeah. It's like what we do in the masterminds, draw it out of you. <laughs> exactly. <Love laughs> and <it>. you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the final thing I wanted to ask you in addition to obviously where people can find you, but you're a part of our I Heart My Life mastermind. So I'm curious to know if you can share a little bit about your experience so far, as well as what you're excited to create over the next year or so within your company. Yay. Um, well, uh, many things, and I and I've told you this before. I did your I did your one day introduction, and I was just blown away because I was looking for uh, some real good solid business structure um, and practices. And in in the first six hours I work with you, you had all these um, tools really to how to figure out, like actually look and say, yes, I could possibly make this much money based on the spreadsheet. Like here are my products, and if I'm making this much a month, um, and and see what the final dollar is, I was like, wow, I can really do this. Like it just made everything possible with the tools. And that was huge. The second thing um, that I got right off the bat was the importance of uh, self-care and sleep. So I really bought into that because what I realized, I, I brought my career of working at a bank and trying to run my business and it's not sustainable like, and I'm a triathlete, but it's like, I'm training for six months and then I rest for six months. This is, I'm training ongoingly, right? Yeah. For a lifetime. And to, to, to learn how to do that. So there's the work and the rest and the balance and how important sleep is. And that has been huge for me. Huge, huge, huge. Um, and then a, a couple other things, the prosperity. I've been doing the dynamic laws of prosperity. And in that, I think it was with you in a conversation where I said somebody had reached, I was thinking I need help. Like also we can't do a business by ourselves. I've been trying to do it myself and I just can't do everything. So we learn about sort of identifying what are those things I should be doing and having other people on a team to help us do those things that really aren't the best use of our time if we're out trying to, you know, generate a uh, um, a business. And, um, and I, I think I even said somebody reached out to say she wanted to be my assistant. And it was like, and the, sort of like the question is, like, you know, right. hire her. And I was afraid of spending the money. And, and I, I spent the money and it's been the best investment for me. It's been amazing. Um, so that's been huge for me. And, and, and working with, you know, you have such a great team and people who are experts in, you know, um, you know, the accountability and the, the social media. In the beginning, I wasn't really sure what to do, but what I've come out of are a couple things. One, I, I have this vision. In some ways, I want to bring what I do back to the corporate world because I am in some ways a very corporate person. It's so interesting. I have this very spiritual being, but I love my work in the corporate world. But to come back doing what I do now, and I see a couple things like, you know, I'm thinking about a health and wellness program, but more immediate, that's a little bit bigger, but more immediate is the idea of what I've seen during the pandemic and through 
really you and James and your coaches um, working with people working at home. And I, I actually was looking to work with a, a hospital. I was kind of got interested in bringing feng shui to hospitals. And one of the things that they said, they had designers for their offices and conference rooms and stuff like that. But that I was told that what we could use, say, is a webinar for the doctors to be working from home. And, um, and I'd also thought about creating what I would call a concierge service. Like maybe I could provide, you know, I could be hired by some of the people who work for companies because they're not going to be working at home and they're not going to be in the office and they need a space that supports them to be, you know, productive and effective and efficient. And so I'm looking to do that. And so I'm looking looking to build a webinar um, and, and I'm getting ready to start go out and start talking to some people about my ideas who I know in the industry, right? And I know in corporate industry. And that all came out of the work with working with you. Like that suddenly became a possibility that I didn't see before. Hmm. Well, it's been an honor to work with you. You're incredible. And I'm so excited about your next steps and all the people are going to get supported by you and feel that huge shift by this incredible work that you're doing. Thank you so much. It's my yeah. honor too. Thank you. And so where can people find you online, Kate? Yes. So uh, my website is kate-mackinnon, M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N.com. And on there, you can contact me, uh, email if you're interested in finding out more about feng shui. I also have, I just put it on, I have a, a, a do-it-yourself a home reset feng shui course that's on my website as well. Um, and you can also sign up for my newsletter, which I have free, easy, nine feng shui tips. So, um, And I'm also on Instagram, uh, feng shui Kate, and um, LinkedIn, and Twitter, feng shui Kate. Love it. And final question we ask all of our guests here, what is one way that people can create a life better than their dreams? Mm. Wow. What a great question. I, I, I would just say, you know, based on my own experience, if there's something out there that you think is impossible, but you really want, I think that's the thing you go for, right? Like sometimes we're scared to have, we think that, and we think that that's the fear is the reason why we shouldn't do it. And I've learned in my own experience, the fear is the reason why I should do it because it's the thing that I really want. I may not know how to do that, but to follow that voice, kind of like we were talking about in the very beginning, because I think that's where the gold is. That's where the learning is. That's where the stretching is. And that's where the possibilities are. So that's what I would offer. Beautiful. Yeah. Desire is just leading us towards more life. Love it. Right. Thank you so right. much for your time, Kate. This has been incredible. I think we could do like another few episodes together at some point because there's so much <laughs> to teach people on this topic and I love it. So thank you so much for bringing your wisdom and your energy to the show. Thank you, Emily. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I hope you loved today's episode. As you heard, Kate is an incredible member of our I Heart My Life Mastermind. At one point, she didn't think that she needed support. She thought she could do this success thing her, herself and not actually need coaching or anyone helping her along the way. But she quickly realized that she's going to reach her goals so much faster if she has a whole team of experts in her corner. And that's exactly what the I Heart My Life Mastermind will provide for you, a team of eight different experts to support you. 
plus a whole community of like-minded women who all cheer you along and support you in going to the next level as you grow your business and transform your life. So if you're looking for more information, go to iheartmylife.com slash mastermind. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.